Hey y'all, welcome to Past Chaos, a podcast that gives you a raw and unfiltered insight on marriage, divorce, relationships, blended families, the crazy adventures of parenting, and so much more. Join us each week as we take you on a journey inside our wild and chaotic lives and show you how we handle the craziness when life happens. We're definitely not professionals and we'll probably get you into more trouble than you bargained for. But what we do have is a sense of humor, street smarts, and a few decades of experience under our belts. Whether you're a mom, dad, stepmom, stepdad, happily married or divorcee, maybe you haven't even taken the plunge into adulthood. Don't worry, past chaos has something for you. So sit back, grab your wine or whiskey and enjoy the chaos. Welcome to episode 177 of Past Chaos. Hello, hello, hello. It's our favorite day of the week. It's Extra Chaos Day. And I'm here with one of my favorite people, Miss Caroline. Oh, stop, April. You're one of my favorite people. I just love you. You're just so sweet. You are too. It's such a pleasure to speak with you. And I love that we get to do this like multiple times a week. And I love that we get to bitch about everything before we start. To get yes, and you're, it's a lot cheaper than therapy, let me tell you. <laughs> and it's more fun than therapy. You don't ask me about my childhood, so thank you. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, let's just not, okay? Let me tell you about my current issues. I have a confession, though. I watch, like, in the background while I'm getting ready in the morning for work or if I'm in the kitchen or something, I always like to have something in the background. And then at nighttime when I'm falling asleep, I'll have something on. And I don't know why, maybe last year, I watched this show on Netflix called The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Have you ever heard of it? I have. I love that show. It is so stupid and goofy. But if you really sit and listen to some of the things, it really is like this cute show about no matter what happens to you, just don't give up. And I'll sometimes just turn it on, just random episodes when I'm getting ready. But it was just something about how life is just so shitty sometimes, but you bitch about it and you just get over it and you move on. And that's what I feel like I do. Yes. I have two thoughts about that show. One is I love John Hamm. Who is that? He's the kidnapper. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) But I love... (laughs) I love John Hamm as an actor. I love Mad Men. Uh, But my second thought is, does Titus Andromedon not remind you of Alex a little bit? Oh, maybe that's why I just adore him, because he reminds me of Alex. That's it. I always, yes, I always tell Alex he needs to record, like, audio for, like, a book or just anything so people can listen to his it's just such yeah. a sweet show and gets me going. It's easy. It's easy watching. It is. Easy listening. Anything that makes me have a good day. I'm all for that's it. How, yes, that's how I feel about Gilmore Girls. I turn on any episode. I've never watched that show. Isn't that Well, terrible? you were busy. Like, you were busy at that time. I was having babies at that time. <laughs> oh, oh, maybe I should start that. But I see, that's the problem. I need something that's mindless because I don't have the attention span to get sucked in to a show and I feel like that's one you got to pay attention to I watch all the same shit over and over like Heart of Dixie which (gasps) ended like 12 years ago is still I love it I love Rachel Bilson I do too it's my like comfort show I was gonna I mean I know we're very off topic but it's okay we're allowed to do that so she did this interview a couple weeks ago I guess 
Um, it was a podcast, as a matter of fact. And she talked about her sex life. So I just saw another interview this week, like a, maybe yesterday, that said she had been hired for a job. And after that podcast released, they fired her from that job because she talked about her sex life and said that she wanted to be manhandled. Oh, well, you're into that. That's okay. Why are we not allowed to talk about our sex lives? Because women are always sex shamed. That's gross. Don't talk about it. Don't don't think about it. Don't. Okay, <laughs> to tell men to stop that. wanting to have sex with us. Exactly. Um, and also, let's just have the same rules for men, women, non-binary, whoever it is. Let's just have the same societal rules. I could not agree more. It's bullshit. It is bullshit. I saw she was fired from that, and I was just like... Don't regret it, Rachel. No. You do you. You talk about being manhandled, and that's okay. Like, whatever you're into, it does as long as it's not harming you or someone else, who cares? So she likes it a little rough. I don't care. That ain't going to make me like her any less. I didn't think manhandled would be considered rough, but I guess it is. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't want to be handled, period, so... No, yeah, there was one time I, like, tried to, like, be, like, suave and sexy and, like, have Alex, like, push me into the closet, but instead I just, like, fell. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, damn. That (laughs) didn't go as planned. (laughs) Did not go as planned. Tried to be flirty and be like, come in, make out in this closet. (laughs) We were at work. (laughs) Oh, God. I want to have a podcast. I want to do a podcast one day. We can interview people. That have like, I think there may be a show about this. Sex sent me to the ER, but not ER, but just like embarrassing sex stories, you know, like where you fall and then you're just not in the mood anymore because you just blew it. You're just laughing. Yeah, that's at least what happened with us. We just couldn't stop laughing. And I was like, well, this isn't cute anymore. No, I'm not turned on anymore. (laughs) Now I'm hurt. (laughs) Speaking of not turned on anymore, let's talk about DeAndre, Elodie and Rowan. If you could only see my face, (laughs) douche Andre is what I've decided I want to call him. Yeah, DeAndre is getting a lot of hate on the internet and I feel bad because I get it and I can relate to that. But at the same time, I don't feel like I intentionally try. He's got to know that the things that come out of his mouth sometimes just not cool, buddy, not cool. I don't think he's that self-aware. I think he he just wanted to launch these four pieces of jewelry, fly his mom out, fly Rowan out, meet Elodie, and then introduce Rowan to everyone as his ex-girlfriend. Well, we open up in this episode and they're having his jewelry line party, right? That's what it was for his jewelry release? Yes. Okay. Yes, those, those four pieces. You know, he it was a very logistical party because he had a lot of moving parts and he needed to get everybody where they needed to be. I did love and I noticed that Alex, I think he may have posted this on his Twitter about the taco box. We love tacos in this household. <laughs> we love tacos. That was a little off brand. Like, what, what did the taco box have to do with the jewelry line party? I didn't know how that correlated. but I was expecting like lobster... Well, cause wasn't he in like very sequin suit? Yeah. A little gaudy yes. for my taste, but I'm thanks, DeAndre, because now Alex wants one. Oh, Jesus. No, no, just stop. Stick with the tracksuit. We don't need any sparkly three pieces. He wants a, a sparkle tracksuit, a sequin tracksuit. Okay, we can do sequin tracksuit. Maybe you guys need to have a big wedding since you didn't get to have that, and he can wear a sparkly tracksuit. That's what he wants, exactly. 
But okay, so DeAndre throwing his party. So let me just say this. I've got to give credit where credit's due. And I want to give him a little bit of credit because in one of his interviews, he said, or it seems like he maybe feels that he wasn't at his best when he was with Rowan. So now that he's doing better, he just wants to be able to share that with her. Maybe he wasn't good to her then. And now he wants to say, look, I owe you this. So let me include you in my jewelry line release party because you stuck with me through some crappier times. And I get that. But that's not his current relationship. And that's the issue I have. I think your current partner is there. You should be wanting to introduce Elodie. And she's beautiful and charming. And it's like... Like, why wouldn't you want to show her off? Yes. Why wouldn't you want to show Elodie off? Why are you just... One, of course, that's only what we saw. We have to keep that in mind. We have to understand that it's editing the magic of editing right. so he may have introduced Elodie Rowan also recalls like that he didn't do some of the things that he is doing now with Elodie in their relationship so I feel like she's maybe I hate to use the word jealous but just like I'm maybe a little envious of hey why couldn't you have been this way when we were together jealous is the only word that comes to mind <laughs> I, know I mean, come on. I mean, you got you call it like you see it. That's it. That yes, and that always gets me in trouble. <laughs> that in my face. It's honesty for me, and I appreciate that. So it's not mean. It's not mean, and why be anything but honest? I appreciate Thanks. that, Caroline. You stay that way. Thank you. If I were a real housewife, I think my tagline would be like, "I'm not mean. I'm just honest." <laughs> That's me. What did I say a few weeks ago? I'm not making excuses. I'm just explaining. Exactly. And I love that. I've used that so many times. So I could not get past, and you just brought this up, DeAndre introducing everyone that he came in contact with to his mom and his ex. This is my ex. This is my ex. What about your new girlfriend, Elamir? (laughs) That's the newest name, Elamir. I'm like, that didn't even sound the same. <gasps> Do you think that was just production, though? Because I think that's a production thing. I think that he probably introduced all three of them, but we were only shown Rowan being introduced. Let's just hope that's the case. I hope so. Maybe that's just me thinking positively for Elodie. There you go. You're giving DeAndre the benefit of the doubt. Oh, am I? You are. <laughs> she takes it back. <laughs> I I want to, but I won't. Retract, delete this. <sighs> I did get a little sad because I felt like at one point Elodie was questioning herself that am I just being jealous or am I being justified? You're justified in how you feel. Justified and right to feel that way. Yep. I, I, he's not giving her any, from what we saw, he's not giving her anything to negate those feelings. That's true. So people always say, okay, no one can make you feel this way. I don't necessarily agree. No, they can't hold a gun to your head and say, you have to feel this way. But their actions allow certain feelings to come creeping their ugly head into your mind. So yeah, I do think that people's actions can make you feel a certain way. Yes. And I've always thought that even if your intent was to not cause harm, if harm was caused, 
your intent doesn't matter. Like bottom line, if, oh, I didn't mean to hurt you. Okay, but you did. So let's address that. (laughs) So then how about an apology or an explanation or something Mm -hmm. to let me know that, yes, I heard you and I didn't mean it that way. And is there anything that we can do to move past it? Right. We don't want an excuse. We want an explanation. Right. Thank you. So Elodie pulls Rowan aside to talk about the Sanibel trip and Elodie admits that she just wouldn't be comfortable with them going alone. So she and she was very respectful on asking Rowan if she minds if she joins. And guess what? I think here's a spot where Rowan may have redeemed herself because she's like, you know what? That's a great idea. You should come. Yes. I liked Rowan in that moment because if she would have had any other response Besides, yeah, of course, come along. It would have been over for me. Yes. For her. Like, I, no, ma'am, you respect your ex's current partner. Absolutely. That's the only way any of this will work. It's that respect. There you go. Just respect in general. And Elodie makes a comment, I think later on in an interview, where she says that she realizes that she's in kind of a weird situation, but she accepts and respects the relationship between Rowan and DeAndre. But she also needs them to be patient and understanding with her in that, hey, this is weird and I'm feeling these feelings and these emotions. So just bear with me. So good for her. That's maturity. It's maturity and it's also, I feel like, such a relatable thing. I was listening to our episode from last week talking about Kenzie, Matt, and Chelsea and how Kenzie was getting uncomfortable with the conversations of Matt and Chelsea's previous relationship. And as you saw, I relate to that this week. And also, I feel like Elodie and uh, Rowan are kind of in the same boat. Like, the only way any of these dynamics will work, and even for yourself, is common boundary of being respectful towards each other and your opinions. That's that is 100% true. Well, speaking of Matt, Kenzie and Chelsea, Kenzie's allowed to give Matt a honeydew list, but I'm not allowed to give Roy one. I just need someone to explain that to me. Well, if you ask Matt, he would say neither of them are allowed a honeydew list because it's not going to get fucking done. It's going to be honey donated. It's going to be, honey, I'm drinking, and uh, can you come get my fucking car? I And I texted you about this. I was watching it and was befuddled by the douchery of Matt this episode. And Chelsea. I'm going to call Chelsea out, too, because you might think of yourself as one of the bros, but you're not. You're not. Yeah, you're right. And I felt that way as well. But I did love one thing is that the mystery about Chelsea's car has been solved. Because we now know that it's been in the shop and that's why she can't leave. Yes, that is why she hasn't been able to leave Kinsey's home. Do they have Uber or Lyft in Tennessee? So they talked about that and it was just going to be too much. The, The cost was too high for the Uber. Girl, how much rent are you currently paying? So, yeah. Again, where are the friends? Where are the other friends? Come get me. Yes. No, I mean, there are no friends. My mama, my daddy, my anybody would be called no it's just matt it's just matt and matt making the comment of like dude i just want you to be there for me as i'm picking out rings for kinsey my eyes i'm surprised are not stuck in the back of my head after watching this episode (laughs) matt why are you taking chelsea to get her vehicle when you should be doing chores with kinsey because you live there and I do I do think that's partially contrived because as we both know, you have to get the like production like pre-approval to film places. So like going to a restaurant, going to a bar, like to me, it would seem like 
that would have been a pre-planned activity. But like, that's the only way I could justify it in my head was like that it was no, maybe not known to Kenzie, but it was planned with Chelsea and Matt to go to this bar. And maybe they just planned to have a drink and then leave, but it just got out of hand because then they met the guy. That's another thing, though. They went to the place where they had their first date. And their second date. And their third date. And their 25th date. I, fuck, did they break up there? Like, <laughs> Yeah, like, what the hell? Why make a pit stop there? There's, I, I'm from Tennessee. And where they live, it's big enough that you've got more than one bar. There's so many towns around you, too, like Franklin and anywhere, anywhere. Fuck, go to McDonald's. Let's stop at the QT. I remember one thing happening where Matt was disregarding Kenzie's feelings because he thought she was disrespecting Chelsea by calling her his ex instead of his best friend. Well, she's both, right? No, he said, Which, why are you doing that to our best friend, our roommate? Including Kenzie in this shit. No. If I were Kenzie. I'd be pissed. I would be pissed. And I would also, well, I would also not be in that situation because I would make both of their asses leave. Go stay at that bar. Go stay in your truck. I was kind of upset because Chelsea, you're a woman. Like I'm a girl's girl. And I would have stepped up and said, hey, Matt, it's cool. Like we stopped and had a drink because supposedly traffic was bad. But this isn't cool. Kenzie's a sweet girl. She's sitting at home waiting. You're supposed to be doing chores. Let's go. Yes. But I don't think Chelsea has any respect for Kenzie. And the only way she's going to get that respect is if Matt directs her to it. I don't think Kenzie's going to get any respect from Chelsea without Matt telling Chelsea to step up. For Chelsea, I I wanted to just shake her a little bit. Be like, read the room, honey. When they get back and Matt and Kenzie are arguing and Chelsea's standing over there telling Kenzie, you still got to help us get our vehicles tomorrow. Um, how about no? No, no, ma'am. Again, Kenzie's a better person than me because at that moment I would have lost my shit and I would have said, get the fuck out. Leave my home. Did you catch that? Chelsea, when they were at the bar, kind of alluded to the fact that maybe Matt had cheated on her and that. His idea of a relationship just didn't align with hers. She didn't allude to it. She called him out on it. And he said, well, I spent the night there, but we didn't have sex. Okay, Jan. Sure. (laughs) Like, no. It was just down the street. I just spent the night. Emotional cheating is still cheating. I learned that. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to be right up front. Like, I learned that. I didn't think that was... A thing, and it absolutely is. There is, because if you're seeking that emotional support from someone else, if you're deleting text messages from someone behind your partner's That's back. That's hiding like, shit. Yes, which is all forms of emotional cheating. Yeah. <sighs> I'm like knee deep in the scandal on Vanderpump Rules right now. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> is- I would, can we just do a recap on that one day? Because I'm invested. I think we need a bonus episode just strictly of Scandal. Okay. You got I mean, I'm not even kidding. Let's I'm not either because I am like, I'm so heavily invested. <laughs> yep. We're going to do it. All right. Make the notes. <laughs> For Matt and Kenzie, though, I do think that Matt, his behavior in this past episode really makes me feel like Chelsea was right. He's not mature enough. He's not ready for marriage. He's almost like Jerry from season one. Like, I think he's the new douche canoe in this situation where, like, it's up the creek without a paddle. 
Some people are not meant for marriage. They're meant for maybe a relationship, maybe even a longstanding relationship where you live together and you, you know, you cohabitate, whatever, not a mar- legal documented marriage. And I don't think he actually wants to get married. I think as he phrased it, Kenzie's the last straggler and uh, he doesn't want her to straggle. Honey, let her straggle. She'll be just fine. She's a pretty girl. She's sweet. Yes. Let her find someone who will value her and not move their ex into her fucking house. Well, I mean, you know, she allowed it. So we can't put all the blame on him. She allowed it, but he also seems very manipulative, charming, and probably able to get her to do whatever he wants. I'm also in a stage in my life where I think all men are like that right now. So same. (laughs) I don't have a lot of faith in that species. Is that a stage or is that just fucking life? I think it's just life in my experience, but. Yeah, anyway. sorry. I've, I've, I've cursed a whole bunch this episode. I apologize. That's okay. <laughs> I know someone that's not a douche, or at least I don't feel like they are. Josh! Josh! Okay, yes! <laughs> Down in Florida, Josh, Danielle, Jennifer, and Chantel. Chantel. They're all moving in together. Here's one house. Meet the four of them. Yeah, so uh, everyone's okay. Except for Chantel and her dildo shorts. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Which I'm sad they blurred because I was curious. I get very, and I mean, I don't know. It just sex wasn't a thing that we talked about openly in my house growing up. So I don't know if that's why I'm still very, I'll talk about sex, but I still am like, oh, God, I can't look because there's, you know, a dildo on. I think that's like the southern part of us. Maybe. Like where maybe. Just, you can do it, but don't talk about it. Yeah, just don't talk about it. You talk about it with your close girlfriends over a glass of wine. You might get pregnant at 12. <laughs> well, here's the problem. We didn't talk about it. So look what happened. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Oh, that's right. I had sex. Whoopsie. Whoopsie. Now there's a baby. But so Josh and Danielle are trying to have a baby. Yes, but I also think in this episode, we start to see that maybe Jennifer and Chantel are having a little stress in their relationship. Yes, that newlywed, yeah, the newlywed stage is definitely over, but I think they just survived their first year of parenting together. And as I know, I'm sure you know, that first year is make or break for relationships. Oh, yeah. It's so hard to raise a damn baby. And I don't, I think all of their issues are very relatable. I think that kind of intimacy goes out the window when you have a child, like them not knowing like the last time they had sex and kind of talking and joking about it. But to me, it made me so sad because it's like, I didn't feel like you guys were joking. Like I felt like you were both kind of making a joke of the situation, but you're both not okay. Oh, yeah. And that just, you know, life happens and it takes a lot to make a relationship work. And when you've got people, you you know, they're raising kids. And I don't think it's even the issue of the blended family that is so far removed from the issues in their relationship. That's just life. That's working and having a house and children and you're just exhausted and shit happens and you realize, oh, my God, I haven't even been intimate with my partner in weeks or months or what have you. And it doesn't mean that you aren't in love or that you're not attracted. It's just that you're exhausted. And that's the last thing on your mind, because, of course, you're still in love and you care about them and you find them attractive. You just aren't like when I, when my head hits the pillow, I'm ready to go to sleep. I don't want anybody putting their wiener near me. Right. I'm tired. Um, but I feel like that's also 
for every relationship, there needs to be a discussion of how to find that like emotional and physical intimacy balance. You're absolutely right. And I hope I see that with Jennifer and Chantel, because it's, again, like it's hard going through it with Alex and I right now, our first year of parenting, like you're not sleeping. If you are like, you're so tired that it's, there's such a disconnect. And I hope Mm -hmm. that them being in this house with Josh and Danielle having people to watch beautiful baby Camila. I hope those shorts come in, come in use. I do too. But Chantel's just doesn't seem like she's happy about them moving in together, period. And I didn't understand. And I think this is the Jennifer in me because she's very easygoing. And I didn't see the issue in having a room near Josh and Danielle. And not um, absolutely no offense to Chantel because I love her, but I just don't know what the issue was for her. I agree. I don't think the spatial boundary should be an issue because you're living in the same damn house. So like if that, well, and that was her issue the whole, the whole time. She, I think she <laughs> mentions like it's just too close for comfort. And one of the reasons is that she didn't want to hear Josh, Jack, hammering Danielle. Which I mean, same. No, no one wants to hear other people have sex. No, like, and I don't want people to hear me have sex. It's just weird. But like, if there's enough bedrooms, maybe designate like in the Jersey Shore house, how they had like the hookup room. Like maybe just like have like a. Do you remember what I'm talking about? No, I didn't watch that show. So they had because all their other beds were like twin size. So they had one room with like a queen size bed, and they would just all go and like have sex there. And you know, maybe they just need a room in the basement maybe two rooms in the basement if the house is big enough yeah I don't know and it's just weird to like what do you do you make a schedule and you say hey don't come home at this time because we're going to be having sex okay well now you don't get to come home at this time because we're going to have sex I don't mind like other adults being in the house but I have this thing about if my kids are awake I don't know it freaks me out or they put a sock on the door, like in college. Or oh, Jesus. <laughs> I never did that. I, I wasn't cool enough in college. But... Honey, I was already married with two kids Fuck. by then. So that wasn't even a thing. People knew I was having sex. I would walk down like the dorm room, like hallway and see a bunch of socks on the door. And I was like, oh, what's that? Ew. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, I will say one thing, though. And I love the Florida family. Every one of them. Jennifer has the patience of a saint. She is just, just watch her demeanor and she's just so at ease and peaceful and like, okay, I'm not even going to get upset over anything where sometimes I'm looking at her. I'm like, girl, I would be high into the right right now, but she's just like, whatever. She's so chill. Yeah. I want to know her sign. I want to know. <gasps> I can't remember. She has to be like a water sign or something because there's no way she's just that lackadaisical about the fuckery <laughs> that is going on. She just needs to bottle that shit up and sell it. Yes, I would buy it because my fire sign over here is like always <laughs> ready to go. I'll tell you who is not a water sign and that is Alex. <laughs> We're both fire signs. (laughs) Oh, that explains a lot. Bowen's a fire sign. Katarina's a fire sign. My whole house, except for Dorit, who is a water sign. Oh. Or she might be an earth. What's Pisces? I don't remember. I'm horrible at it. I always have to look it up. Dorit's a Pisces, but everyone else is just pure fucking fire in this house. Oh, bless your hearts. So I'm going to jump in and just say the probably unpopular opinion 
I don't think that it's inappropriate for an ex to plan the bachelorette party. Lauren planned mine. I just didn't see the issue. However, I do think that respecting boundaries and here are the rules and here are the things that I absolutely hard know you should abide by those things. That should be respected. And it wasn't the issue of Steve throwing this quote unquote bachelor party for Alex. It was Steve doesn't plan shit. <laughs> Steve doesn't really do much. So for him to throw this party, I was just expecting nothing to have been done. And for Alex to just be disappointed and he had already had so much going on at that point of like a work life balance and just I wanted him to go out and have fun. I didn't want it to be a disappointing venture for him. Thank you for explaining that. That makes a lot of sense. And that's so sweet of you. Oh, well, thank you. But I also was very firm and not having a stripper there. My hormonal eight month pregnant ass was like. I don't want anyone shaking their ass in front of you. I don't care if it's male, female, non-binary. Like, I, it doesn't matter to me who the person is. It's that I'm not comfortable regardless. And I think any woman can relate to that because when you're pregnant, you probably, well, I don't want to say that. When I was pregnant, I w- did not feel very attractive at all. And I don't think that it's something that most women I think or I think it is something that most women probably struggle with when you're pregnant. You're like, okay, well, I don't look good. And you do. You're very beautiful. We're always beautiful creatures. I just, I really understood you. Like, no strippers. Okay, I get it. And Alex seemed like he was on board and he was respecting that boundary. Right. And that's all I really wanted. Like, I wanted him to go out and have fun. It wasn't me, like, sitting, my hormonal ass sitting on the couch, like, watching Heart of Dixie, crying about him going out. It was... That I feel like he respects me, but the other people in his life don't respect my boundaries as much. And that's where it's his job to stand up for you on your behalf and say, hey, you respect my wife or this is a no-go. Yeah. And like, I love that, again, like last week when we were talking about Kenzie, Matt and Chelsea and Kenzie getting upset with Matt and Chelsea reminiscing lo and behold what am I doing this week the same damn thing um and it's exhausting especially interview days when you're there for 12 hours oh and production is asking these very intimate questions about the ex and in my case Alex and Steve so I was just fed up and so uncomfortable and I was like I don't want to listen to this I don't want to listen to their go out party stories and like, it was just overwhelming. Immediately when that, when I finished watching that scene, I was like, oh, April, I, it just something clicked. And I'm like, okay, now I can relate. I can, re- I really felt you in that moment because being a woman, I think we have just certain insecurities. And I would be lying if I said, when I listened to John and Lauren talk about when they, made their children. That was something that John and I were never going to have together. So you do feel a certain way about it. And it just it it hits you in a way that it's very vulnerable to even admit. So good for you for just standing up and saying, hey, I don't want to hear this because it's making me uncomfortable and I want to get out of the situation. I never was able to do that. And instead, I just bottled it all up. And then it came out in a bad way at the wrong time. 
Yeah. I wear my heart on my sleeve, I guess. I'm just always open to expressing my emotions and feelings. And in that moment, which I, by the way, didn't remember until watching back. I was like, God damn, you're hormonal. (laughs) But it was such a real moment for me of like, that is how I felt. That's how I still feel of just, it's in the past. Like your ex, they've exited this equation except for all of us dumbasses here. But (laughs) that whole entire interview on that couch was intense. And like Alex was having some real big emotions always not wanting to explain his relationship with Steven to his son, which, okay, I, I don't know. I guess I just, maybe you can clarify this for me. You don't have to, we don't, as parents, you don't have to tell your children anything. Hey, this is my friend, Steven. You don't need to go back and say, Oh, we met here and we dated here. And this is what we did when we dated and da, 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 da. That does, that's just not relevant. It's not necessary. And I agree with you completely. I thought it was a weird way to phrase, I guess, how he was feeling of like, how am I going to explain Steve to our son? I don't really think Steve needs an explanation more so than any other friend that you or I have. It's just a friend. Who's to say that they'll even still be friends by the time Bowen's old enough to even understand the concept of relationships and dating? Because anything could happen. Trust me. (laughs) Yes. And I know... I never want Alex to feel like he has to hide who he was before I met him. But I think he almost feels like he has to completely erase his past life, which is, I don't expect myself to do that. I don't expect him to do that. We had 25 something years before we knew each other. Do you think he feels that way just because his past life, he was in a same sex relationship? I do. And that's sad for me that he feels that way because I don't need to erase my life and you don't erase your prior life. So why does he feel the need that he has to? That's sad to me. It's sad to me too. And I know that my intention with raising Bowen is in an open and communicative household. Like, you know, no secrets as far as like, oh, well, you know, we don't have to talk about life before you were here. I think the only way to get your kids to be honest with you and correct me if I'm wrong, because I only have a one year old, but it's by being open and honest with them. I couldn't agree more, Caroline. I do think that there just is a time for it. And Bowen's a year old, so you're not going to sit him down right now and say, oh, hey, guess what? Daddy used to date a man. Mommy used to date a woman. He doesn't know. He doesn't care. Now, when he becomes a teenager and he has questions, sure, I do. I mean, I'm very honest and open with my children. I just think there's a time and a place and you just have to figure out when that time is. Yes. And I, I never want Bowen to feel ashamed for who he is or who he's attracted to or his sexuality. And I want the same for Alex because there's no shame in his past. If I had an issue with it, I wouldn't be married to him. I wouldn't have a child with him or, you know, still be with him. Like it's, I think when you are carrying that shame or guilt of your past, you're never going to be able to move forward. That's very true. But you were also having some really big emotions on that couch. And the root of those feelings, did that just come from listening to all that was going on and hearing how Alex was feeling at that time? So that, again, a 12-hour interview day, there were definitely breaks in between what was shown. But I think just the overall heaviness of doing those couch interviews, and it's not 
just what we just filmed. It's also going into the past and like deep diving into their relationship and how our relationship is going, that it was just so overwhelming in the moment of Alex and I have our own shit going on. Steve and Alex had their own shit going on. And then we all individually are dealing and reeling with current events that it's just sometimes too much. I think what people don't understand and I'm by people, I mean, viewers, and I'll probably say this again, when I talk about things that will happen eventually that people will see on our side, those interview days, like you said, are very long, but it's like a therapy session. You're opening up. And if you're being honest, in which you were, I know I was, if you're being honest, it's therapy, but on a different level. On a limited level to a viewer as well. Like mm-hmm. you could hear our producer say, it's okay. Like, just tell us what's on your mind. Be honest. And in that moment, like, it's very fragile. Like, you're in a very fragile mindset of opening yourself up to ridicule. And are they going to actually, like, get what I'm trying to say? It's scary. Or about the other side of that is just being vulnerable and opening yourself up and not even thinking in that moment, people are going to tear me apart. But that was true, raw emotion coming from me and coming out of you, the last thing on your mind was, oh my God, Susie at home in Oklahoma is going to really think I'm a whore because I've slept with two people. Newsflash, Susie, there are millions of people in this world. If I've only slept with two of them, a whore that does not make. Exactly. And I will say, I did see one Twitter thing that called me a stupid C-U-N-T. <gasps> And I could not believe it. She was like, I'm tired of seeing this stupid see you next Tuesday on my TV. Then turn it off. And I was just like, oh, (laughs) you have really strong feelings about me. Like, tell me, how did I irk you? (laughs) That's gross. See, this is what we're talking about last week. Let's just stop with the name calling and the degrading of women. It's just gross. Do better. It's so gross. And I know we signed up for it and we signed up for comments. I didn't sign up for death threats and fucking evilness from people. And nobody does. No, definitely not. But we do sign ourselves up to be shown on a TV level. So it's like you expect criticism And most of the people are very, very nice and complimentary and supportive. But like those one off moments of like, God, what did I do to make you so upset? That isn't anything you or I've done. That is that person is just ugly inside and they have some residual anger that they need to deal with. It has nothing to do with anything that TLC is putting on TV. Yeah, so I'll just send you the screenshot so you can see the username. Because I was like, really? Really, bitch? (laughs) (sighs) So back to you. Alex, to me, this is just me. This is April's opinion. Doesn't seem like he wants, and I think we've talked about this previously, but it doesn't seem like he wants to fully let go of Steve because he's familiar. And I totally get it. But I also think that Alex is realizing it's go time and I'm a whole ass adult. My life is changing on a huge level because I'm getting ready to, you know, I've already become a husband and now I'm getting ready to become a dad. Shit's about to get real. Yes. And I, that was like down to like the wire of go out, have some fun, like 
you're about to be a dad and probably not be able to leave the house for a minute. So, and again, like that's what I wanted from him. I wanted him to have the opportunity to hang out with his dad and his friends. And a lot of his friends moved away, which he's touched on, but like they were all coming in for this party. So like, I was happy for him. He was so excited about it. I just, again, like didn't want strippers there. (laughs) And it sounded to me like, you know, Alex just didn't want to miss that because missing that would have been about as fun as having a pap smear. Which he knows nothing about. And I loved your commentary and demonstration <laughs> on Paula Talk About It. It made me... <laughs> yeah, I gotta roast him. How in the hell does Alex know what that's like because he does not have a vagina? You know when you like hear funny things and you're like, oh, that's funny. Let me repeat that. I don't think... <laughs> For him, like, in that moment, he was like, oh, it's about as much fun as a pap smear, because I've heard those are terrible. That'd be like us saying, that's about as much fun as a prostate exam. I don't know. We don't have one. Yeah, like, oh, someone kicked me in my balls. Like, <laughs> no, bitch, you don't have balls. <laughs> We've got balls. They just sit up a little higher than the guys do. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I want to remind everybody, just in case they aren't doing this, we have our version of Pillow Talk for... You, me, and my ex. And Caroline, you may know this. The only way I know to watch it is if you have Discovery Plus. If you hit the show on Discovery Plus, it's under extras. Is there another way? So I don't have Discovery Plus. I have TLC Go, but it's also available on TLC Go. Oh, well, there you go. TLC Go or Discovery Plus. And listen, I think Pillow Talk needs to hire us permanently because we are really funny. I agree. Especially you. I love seeing you and Roy chat. Because it is, I always laugh. (laughs) It's our element for sure. Yes, I would rather do that than film our actual lives. Thank you. That was my favorite part. (gasps) Mine too. I was like, what? Why do we only get to do this for a day? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, y'all. That's enough chaos for today. We hope you enjoyed the show. Stay in touch with us. We love to hear from our listeners. Send us topics that you'd like us to discuss. Or if you just have any positive comments that you would like to leave, we're here for it. If you want to learn more about us, check out our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Don't forget to tune in every Monday at 9 p.m. on TLC for you, me, and my ex. And don't forget to watch our episodes of Pillow Talk right after. Also, you can catch up on season one of you, me, and my ex on Discovery Plus, or I'm guessing TLC Go as well. Yes. All right. It's all there. All right. Very short, what the heck moment of the week. I have one this week. Oh, you do? Oh, you go right ahead then. I have one. So my what the heck moment of the week is... Again, going to complain about how the elderly have their thermostats set so damn high. They're old and they're cold, Caroline. I get that, but like I can only take off so many clothing items. You can always put on another sweater or a blanket. Take a blanket, right? Yeah, so I was I spent a week at my grandparents who are both nearing 90 or already in their 90s. And I get there and like, I'm already sweating, right? So I walk over to the thermostat and see it is set to 77 degrees. That's illegal. I think so too. And so I'm sweating. And then I like look down at Bowen and I see a little sweat line forming on his forehead. Bless him. Yes. And I was like, I can't. My baby's hot. (laughs) I got to turn this down. So I turned it down to 75, 75, right? Still hot. Still hot. Still hot. Still hot. 
And my grandfather, I kid you not, pulls out a parka. Girl, stop. And his winter toboggan. And he's like, why do you have it so cold in here? And I was like, granddaddy, it is 95 degrees outside. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just wondering at this point, because I'm already cold. Like, I'm always cold. So the older I get, am I just going to turn into an actual block of ice? I think so. I think some would probably say you're just cold hearted, but I disagree. I, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I can be cold hearted. It just depends on who you are. <laughs> no, but a parka for 75 degrees. Granddaddy's being a little dramatic. <laughs> so then he's like, I have a fan for you. And I'm like, okay, okay. Tell me why he pulls out this Dollar Tree fan that is like handheld. And he's like, this should be good, right? That's just going to stir up the hot air. No. What the hell? So I tried to like rig it over Bowen's crib so that he had a little fan going over him. But instead it just distracted him. Oh, yeah. Because then he's like, oh, yes, this is one thing that I can play with. It's going to keep me awake all night. What the hell? So I spent a week in a sauna. Not a week in hell. I did. I I did. But it was at my lovely grandparents' house. So that was just my what the heck. Why? You know, my mama just passed away and my aunt wanted to put a blanket in there with her. And so my mom's like, well, let's just drape it over her coffin. Like while everyone's doing the receiving of friends and the viewing. But she's like, "Okay, but I'm putting her socks on. So she literally went out with her socks on. Like, (laughs) I promise you, she's not going to know that her socks are on. But whatever made them feel better, right? (laughs) Just in case it's cold. I'm always cold. (laughs) At least we know she's going to heaven. It's cold up there, I guess. That's what I was thinking. I was like, that's actually very poetic. I hope someone put socks on me. <laughs> yeah, socks, but no bra. <laughs> I, yeah. Oh, no. That's cruel. That yeah. is cruel. When my aunt died and they put a bra on her, I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> That's all the time we have for today. Thanks so much for listening and hanging out with us. Make sure you don't miss out on any of this train wreck and chaos by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Be sure to tune in each Monday when we release a new episode. Don't forget, life happens, so just enjoy the chaos.